Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mike, you cannot keep me in the dark, not when you're the one asking me for help. I couldn't take the chance that you wouldn't help. You told me it was about one of Monica's old cases. You lied like it's second nature. Our backs are against the wall. I did what I had to do. And you're proud of that? Rachel, sometimes you have to cross a line to do the right thing. Wow. Harvey has really rubbed off on you. I didn't learn that from Harvey. Suits, season two, episode eight is over. But if you're ready to hear us go back and talk about Rewind, Suits Yourself, I'm Rob Sesternino, back with the guy who always replaces the Cranberry Brand Bars. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Rob, I'm good. I'm good. Did you know life moves pretty fast if you don't stop and look around once in a while? Yeah. Yes. I've heard that before. Yes. Yeah. It's very important to remember for this episode specifically. And while Ferris Bueller takes a day off, we do not take a day off from covering suits every damn day. And we're going to go back to 2007. I, I thought this was really, really fun, this episode. Yes, 2007 was one of my favorite years. And so I was very excited to see that that's where we were going back to in Suits. Uh, we got a lot of our characters in, uh, you know, their their early stages. We got to see the baby versions of, of you know, Harvey and Mike and Jessica and even Rachel and Lewis. It was, it was a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why was 2007 such a great year? That was the year my old ass started college. Oh, okay. And so yeah, and so that's when I got to do all the fun grown-up stuff that I've been waiting to do my entire life. That mm-hmm. I probably started a couple years before. Okay. Okay. So this one is really, really fun. I was not expecting the all almost all 2007 episode. I mean, we actually went back and forth between 2007 and then uh, the present day, which was 2012 at the time of this episode. And so uh, I'm trying to think of how we should try to cover this uh, because this is an episode that goes back and forth uh, through time. I guess, should we talk through the 2007 of it all? Sure, sure. I feel like that's the better part of this anyway. The the few times when we came back to present day, I really wasn't tapped in because the 2007 stuff was so much more entertaining. And they also didn't really do a lot of like um, good transitions, I'll say, between the two. It's like one second you're wear, you're watching them wear one suit in kind of like a, sep- like a sepia tone. Yeah. And then the next scene, it's the same person, but... Yeah, potentially based off their hair, you're supposed to know it's a flash forward. Yeah, it was like the 2007 stuff was like slightly overexposed. It was like brighter mm-hmm. than the 2012 stuff, which I don't know what that says about our characters present day. But yeah, the uh, yeah, a little bit like less vibrant, like a little bit like undersaturated, but like very bright. Yes, and there were some horrible hair choices here. Mike <laughs> Ross, I'm looking at you. And some uh, some interesting suit choices from even people like Harvey. Yeah, okay. So this was uh, the eighth episode here of uh, season two. And, you know, we see that Harvey is going to give Mike a task while Harvey needs to go and do something. Uh, he's We see him in the episode. He's taking a train. He's going to go visit 
his dad's grave, uh, who we're going to find out at the end of uh, the episode, uh, you know, has had a heart attack. Um, is there any significance to why? Is, is it the five-year anniversary of his dad passing away? It does feel like it. It feels like, you know, this might be to the day that that happened. We also see um, that suits, um, I guess, uh, with Harvey, you know, they've been kind of leading up to what's going on with his parenting, right? We, mm -hmm. we talked about his dad a couple episodes ago where I think Harvey was having a drink and listening to some trumpet music in the background. We talked about Harvey's mom and what she may or may not have been doing while dad was, a, you know, was at home babysitting Harvey. So, the, the dad conversation was bound to happen. I think this was a good time to give it to us. Yeah. Okay. So we go back to 2007. We see uh, that Harvey Specter, he knew the Patriots were not going to go 19 and 0. He'd been new. I mean, Harvey's never wrong. And yeah. uh, finally, finally, somebody doubts this team. But he says, no team from Boston is going undefeated. I'm just like, okay, Harvey, you look, 2007, we thought we had like, Patriot problems. It's about to get worse. <laughs> yeah. I guess we find out that Harvey's a Giants fan also in this episode. Is that what he said? I knew he wasn't a Patriots fan and I figured he was from, you know, had to pick a, a New York team, but did he mention the Giants specifically? Well, he's like no team from Boston is going to be able to get through New York and go undefeated. Like a Jets fan yeah. isn't talking that way. I mean, Harvey's no, no, not giving no. off Jets fan energy. I say to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would make a good Jets fan, but I do think that you're probably right here. Maybe Mike. That's not yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe Mike. Does does Harvey end up rooting for the Brooklyn Nets when they end up coming around? Hmm, no, I think he he's one of these people. I mean, he has a Patrick Ewing ball. I think he's a yeah. Knicks person. Yeah, he's gonna stick with the Knicks the whole way through. I think so. I think he'll go to some Nets games, but I think that ultimately, like deep down, he's a he's a Knicks fan and a Rangers fan. Also, if he's a, a hockey guy. But that being yeah, said, he's a truther. So, um, we get so many like fun little details, uh, that apparently this was like the week of like everything in suits. This is the week. Also, Norma is going to start as Lewis's new secretary. Still no sign of her. Right. And this was five years ago and they think Norma's a hundred years old then. So Norma's creeping up on like one, 105, 106 now. Uh, and, and very early on, we see that Lewis already has very little patience for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we get to see young Mike Ross hanging out with Trevor, and Trevor's <laughs> Trevor's got a like a Ziploc bag full of joints. Mike is out there as a bike messenger. I don't think we knew that about Mike. We know Mike is biking everywhere. We didn't know he was a bike messenger. Yeah, but I was so sad to see Trevor here. You know, yeah. I, I, that was everybody's back I, for this one. Yeah, I knew we were doing the flashbacks, but I mean, if you didn't flinch when you saw Trevor, something's wrong because mm -hmm. I really thought we were done with him. Uh, but nope, he's back. And we get a lot of a few good men references in this episode. I was very happy. We already talked about it. It's one of my favorite movies. And so uh, Mike was, uh, you know, speaking to my heart here in these episodes. All right. So Jessica is going to tell Harvey that somebody is stealing from one of their client accounts. We know from these other storylines in season two that this is the like the origin story of Daniel Hardman is stealing money. Yes. And Jessica does not suspect Daniel Hardman. She actually comes no. to Harvey like, look, Daniel doesn't know about this, but I want to come to Daniel with the solution to this issue. So it'll basically make Jessica look good. Daniel is, is uh, you know, in charge. Jessica's like number two or something like that. Or, 
you know, she's she's in the running for number one, but she's not number one. And so I'm thinking that she thinks this will make her look good if she comes with Daniel. Like, look, look what I found. And Harvey's like, oh, okay. So you don't want to let him in on it. She's like, yeah, you don't let your superiors know what you're up to all the time. And, you know, Harvey just kind of takes note of that and says, okay, Jessica, remember that. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to start lying to you right now. So Harvey is going to go out and work on this. We see uh, Donna, that the five years ago version of Donna's. We get to have her back in working at Pearson Hardman, unlike in present day Pearson Hardman, where she is still not working there. They need to follow the money. They need to follow the money. Harvey is trying to find a way to uh, help Jessica because he too wants something. He has decided that Jessica, if I help you figure this out, I'm going to need that senior partner spot. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. Let's make it happen. And so now he has to find the embezzler, you know, the new villain of the episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who's Daniel Hartman? That's his uh, secret identity. Yeah. So I I just want to be clear. So is Harvey, does he want to be junior partner, I think, in this, right? And then because he only becomes senior partner in season one, right? Yeah, he wants to move up the ranks. And I think what it is, well, he tells her, I want a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, basically, he's not a partner, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an associate. And so he's just trying to get to where Lewis is already at, because I believe Lewis is already a junior partner. Uh, and so he's like, this could be my, my you know, my masterstroke that'll get me to the junior partner t- uh, table. And then, of course, by the time we pick up, when we start watching, he's going to be making a move as senior partner. Yeah. Okay. We are introduced to Monica Eaton. We see her in present or in present day. Mike and Rachel are trying to look her up, but we meet her in the past. Uh, she is a woman who is working at Pearson Hardman. Lewis is uh, following her around. Uh, that uh, I guess Lewis has a crush on Monica Eaton. Yeah. So the the way we end up looking for Monica is because, like you said, Rachel and Mike are, are talking about her and Mike needs to find her because she's the key to what's happening in the present day suits. Uh, but she won't take calls from Pearson Hartman. So a lot of this flashback is finding out where the the like dissolve in their relationship, you know, when she when she completely became, uh, I guess, dejected from uh, Pearson Hartman. And so, yeah, she is a very attractive woman who works in the office. Lewis is obsessed with her. He just stares at her a lot. Uh, and so, <laughs> so she, better, I guess, Lewis. is the key. Yeah, but she's the key. She's yeah. the key to unlocking all of this. Yeah, and Lewis has braces in 2007. He has braces, and his braces cost $15,000. Mm-hmm. He also just joined the Hudson Racquet Club, which is, I believe, a $60,000 membership. The guy loves tennis, so. The, for, yeah, for tennis. Uh but, you know, it does look like Lewis is making good use of his money or mm-hmm. maybe some money, you know, some other money. Yeah. You know, it's really funny because Lewis was the one complaining and saying, like, if you don't get senior partner, you get nothing. You're basically broke out on the street with poor, penniless. But in this episode, he's like, yeah, I dropped 15K on some braces and 60K on a membership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does make Lewis look like he has a lot more money than he's, um, <laughs> you know, probably accounting for. There's a point where Daniel Hardman walks through and he's like, Lewis, I have the same tie as you. Never wear it again. Yeah. Daniel Hardman hates Lewis. Um, or he's just really feeling himself. You know, the Daniel Hardman we know in present day is a lot more humble or at least humble presenting. You know, it's, it, they try to leave us an opening to really feel like maybe Daniel Hardman has changed and we don't see the bad Hardman that Harvey and Jessica seem so afraid of. But in this episode, 
there are little breadcrumbs of that, especially with that interaction with Lewis. Okay. Zoe is back here again, the real life Mrs. Harvey Specter. Um, Harvey needs to go through her computer files. I, I have to be honest, Chappelle, I'm a little confused about Zoe's involvement with all of this here. I understood what she was doing in the last episode, but I don't really understand. Does she work at Pearson Hardman? She does. And she works in the, I guess, the tax law offices or something. And so Harvey, remember, is trying to figure out who is doing this, uh, you know, this embezzling. And so he needs to get a look at the files. But he has to be discreet because Jessica only wants people to know once she finds out what's going on for sure. So he goes to Zoe, who we know he has tried to shoot a shot at before. You know, whatever level of success that may be um, is still TBD. But um, yeah, he's like, Zoe, please do me a solid. Turn your back really quickly so that I can, you know, stumble across some documents I shouldn't have access to. Mm-hmm. And so at first she pushes back, but eventually she's just like, OK, fine, you got it. Take a look and see what happens. So this is how Harvey is going to track the embezzler. OK, so. We're going to see Mike and Trevor there at the bar. And like this is we see a little bit of this in season one that they go out and they're talking to women and they meet these two women, one of whom we recognize is Jenny, who's going to be Trevor and Mike's eventual girlfriend. And they're talking about like, okay, they've got a bunch of lies. Do, Do Trevor and Mike have a lot of game, Chappelle? Sadly, they do. You know, it's really bad because we know that they're lying, right? We we get to see them from the outside, but they they have not missed yet. Every time we see them, kind of doing mm-hmm. their, you know, their stupid like like a uh, buddy bit that they out here doing, like it always works. Um, and then if it's not working, the secret weapon is, oh, did you know Mike is a genius? Um, he can remember stuff, and so from there, it's like, oh, okay, well. Here we are. You know, that pretty much seals the deal a lot of times. Mm -hmm. But, Rob, one thing I don't understand about Mike is that he's really, really good at math. Does that have something to do with his photographic memory? I really don't understand how it all works. That I thought his superpower was just... We've seen Mike be able to answer, like, uh, math questions, too. But I, I don't understand how the math problems are also the same thing as photographic memory. Right. I don't understand how it aligns. Maybe Mike just read a bunch of math problems and so he can <laughs> yeah, access... He memorized the know, answers. Yeah, he memorized the answers to every math problem because she asked him, what's 75 times 863 minus 10? And he says 64,715. And, you know, of course, Trevor automatically knows that he's correct because he's probably seen this bit every day since he's been in the third grade. But I just wonder if it was always like, oh, I can memorize everything. So maybe multiplication tables are really easy for him. You know, like I'm trying to figure out how it translates to. That's a very specific problem to have memorized though. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like maybe if he's like, he can do like, like random multiplication because he knows, you know, the answers to the multiplication, the smaller multiplication problems. Right. 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 So he knows. Yeah. He's going to know 75 times 86. Mm -hmm. Once he learns it one time, he's always going to know it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, that kind of thing. So I, maybe. I don't know, Rob. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Maybe yeah. we'll get more information on that because I honestly don't know. So you could ask him to read you a page from any book that he has ever read. But what about Curious George? He's never read Curious George. He's never read it, or at least that's what he says. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Trevor, Trevor says he's lying. You know, when Jenny asks about Curious George, Mike throws the question. And so when Trevor... I think that's when Trevor kind of realizes, oh, you know, maybe 
maybe Mike has eyes for this Jenny woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Mike doesn't want to talk about Curious George. And so uh, he ha- ends up telling the story about how his mom got him that book and he, Mike, his parents are passed away. And so uh, that's a sentimental uh, soft spot for him. Meanwhile, Harvey, he is following the money and he realizes that, boy, it's Lewis. Lewis is the problem. He tells Jessica and Jessica is going to go and rip him a new one. I'm going to go break him down and I'm going to crack him open. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, no. And so, I mean, you know, us, the viewers, we know that this is not Lewis's doing. Because when we meet Lewis, it doesn't seem like that's something that he would be able to do. But also, we know Daniel Hartman is the guy who's been doing the embezzling. Were you surprised to see that this had landed on Lewis? Because it looks like he's being framed. It does look like he's being framed. Uh, Now, the question that I have is about the tennis club. Like, did Lewis just happen to have joined the tennis club at the same point that Daniel Hardman was trying to frame him? It does seem that way. It seemed like Lewis got braces and joined the tennis club. And so everybody's like, oh, look at this reckless spending. And maybe Daniel Hardman knew about it. And that's why Lewis was the perfect patsy uh, for that kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's not really explained. And also, it doesn't even seem like it's the kind of thing where Daniel Hardman was like, oh, I noticed Lewis is joy- trying to spend a lot of money. So um, we'll we'll see if we ever get that explanation. So Jessica goes to Lewis and is just like, you know, uh, Lewis, is there anything you want to tell me about? Anything you want to see? And Lewis thinks he's in trouble. He starts apologizing for everything. Um, it's like, oh, is this about my MySpace page? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because I could get rid of that. <laughs> and then also he asks if, like, uh, basically he admits to stealing uh, company uh, resources by making a bunch of copies of Shakespeare's complete uh, complete works and um, charging it to the uh, to that what a CM account. Uh, he goes through Harvey's liquor cabinets. He eats all the brand bars and he sleeps on Jessica's couch. Uh, yeah, the, the fibers are amazing. So he does take naps on her couch. Basically, Lewis does a bunch of stuff that is probably annoying, but none of it seems like a real fireable offense, in, at least not to the extent of like embezzlement. Mm-hmm. And so Jessica very quickly picks up that this is not the problem. This is not your culprit, because if it was, he wouldn't be admitted to all the, re- the rest of this stuff. Right. Jessica knows right away. She goes back to Harvey and is furious. Like, I gave you a job to do. You shit the bed. Yeah. And you want to sit with the grownups, do your job like a man. You got to shut this Lewis thing down. And so, uh, yeah, Harvey has made a play, but Harvey was not right. I think Harvey doesn't like Lewis, uh, you know, because if if he liked Lewis, we've seen that they have a decent working relationship in the flashbacks. But if he liked Lewis, I think you go to Lewis and be like, Lewis, what are you doing? You mm-hmm. know, but Harvey goes directly to Jessica, throws Lewis under the bus and kind of is waiting for his, you know, like, OK, I did it now. Am I a partner? And Jessica's like, no, you you have to play with the big dogs now. And this is not it. So although Lewis is calling him H dog, he hasn't earned the title yet. All right. Now back to Mike and Trevor. So they hit it off with Jenny and her roommate who uh, do, do you have her name? Nikki. Nikki. OK, uh, Jenny and Nikki. And so Mike really liked Jenny, but there's a little bit of weirdness about even though Mike liked Jenny, he ends up with Nikki. Chappelle, has this ever happened to you? Yes. Mm-hmm. And is That's there all. a way out? No. Yeah. <laughs> You're screwed. Uh, hang it up. 
wait five years and then steal them from your buddy. Mm -hmm. uh, um, or, oh, I'm sorry, that's what Mike Ross would do. I, this is interesting to me, Rob, because, you know, the show kind of painted as Trevor and Jenny are together and then Mike shows up and then, you know, like him, him and Jenny might have eyes for each other. And then one day, you know, Trevor and her break up. She gets with Mike because that's who she really wants to be with. And then, you know, that's what leads us to our present day events. But it does seem that from the very beginning, uh, Jenny and Mike have been uh, kind of, they've had the most chemistry. You know, yeah. it looks very clear that they should have been the ones to date anyway. And so it's very odd here that somehow, although Mike very obviously had eyes for Jenny, Trevor ended up giving Nikki Mike's number. Yeah. So... After this whole, like, Trevor and uh, Mike, you know, confusion, because, you know, of course, like I said, Jenny, Jenny should be with Mike, it seems, but it looks like Trevor's doing some dirty macking to kind of, you know, push her in another direction. Uh, we see that Rachel goes and talks to Donna, and we, this is when we start hearing about Rachel's LSAT woes, you know, that she's been studying and that she is not doing well. Later on, we see that Rachel goes and talks to Monica, and it's kind of when she reveals that Lewis has been, you know, staring at her and kind of creeping on her a little bit, but Monica does not seem like she really cares because um, she's not worried about Lewis Lit. You know, that's not really her thing. But um, I think that this is when we start to pick up that, okay, maybe Monica is a bigger player in this episode, Rob. Yeah. And we're going to see more about Monica in the present day as well. You know, Chappelle, I uh, glanced over something that was very funny, that there's a point when... Mike and Trevor are talking and Harvey walks by and they're like, look at this guy. He's got to stick up his butt. What a loser. Yeah. If I ever look like that, kill me. And <laughs> I was like, okay, Mike Ross, look again, you have some, some interesting hair choices here today. Maybe you should aim to look more like Harvey now. Mm -hmm. um, and also five years from now, look, Harvey's a sharp dresser. The man is making money and it's obvious. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, Harvey goes and looks for the embezzler, Rob. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's trying yeah. to find out who it is, and he realizes that he was trying to set up a patsy to take the fall. And Harvey uh, goes to Jessica and is like, hey, uh, I think this was Daniel Hardman. Daniel did yeah, this. And Jessica's like, what? No. What are you talking about? There'd be no, no way. That's crazy. He's Daniel Hartman is the, uh, the pillar of, uh, you know, of ethics. This man here is, he's never know, done anything unethical in his life. I could never see Daniel Hartman doing anything unethical or embezzling infidelity, anything, Harvey, you making this up. You, you stand on a bed of lies. Um, and it's like, no, no, Harvey's right. Mm -hmm. Harvey's definitely right. Yeah. And so Jessica is going to confront Daniel about it. He's like, no, like this is uh, this is not the, not how it looks. My wife is dying. OK, we need it. Just like shit. <laughs> we need the money for her chemo. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jessica has a heart. She's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. What? Oh, my God. If, had we known you didn't have to turn to a life of crime, Daniel, mm -hmm. we have done this the, uh, the right way. How about the firm just takes out a huge loan and give you the money so you don't have to do this anymore? Harvey's like, what are you doing? Why are you do? Why are you saving Daniel Harvey? She's like, because he would, you would do this for me, Harvey. And it's like, okay, he might, mm -hmm. he might have, yeah, he might have, have a heart, money. Harvey. A man's wife is dying, right? And Harvey's like, okay, but when she's done dying, can I can I still be junior partner? <laughs> because like I I held up my end of the bargain. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Uh, Mike goes to go pick up uh, his date, Nikki. Jenny answers the door. And then, uh, Chappelle, I know you love a few good men, but this seemed like very unrealistic that uh, he's going to show up at Jenny's house and they're going to be quoting the movie back and forth to each other. They wanted to show us that Jenny and Mike always had chemistry and and why Mike was so smitten with Jenny. Um, and it's because, yeah, they kind of speak the same language. She quotes a few good men unprovoked. You mm-hmm. know, this is not that she saw Mike do it and she joined him. Um, it's that she just randomly called him Lieutenant Weinberg. So I guess it's one of her favorite movies. And it's really hard to find people who like the nerdy stuff that you like. And so yeah. when they both realize that they, that's one of their favorite movies, it's kind of like, oh... This, they're meant to be. And he's already doing like the, I love you, whisper, you know, when she turns around. So, yeah, I think that's what it was for. There was a lot of A Few Good Men references in this episode. But I do think that this was a little retcon because I think that Jenny never says another movie quote ever in any of her interactions. Maybe Trevor, like, made her lose that part of her, <laughs> her personality. Trevor's like, enough yeah. with the movie quotes. Yeah, Trevor, Trevor, uh, tries it with Mike as well during this episode and it does not go well. So yeah, maybe she just stops, but we don't really see a lot of Jenny and Mike interacting before, uh, like Trevor and her break up, you know, like that's when they're just doing their longing glances at each other. They're kind of like, you know, flirting off in the distance, but maybe it died away or maybe a few good men's the only movie she can do. Maybe that's <laughs> her, that's her, yeah. That's her favorite movie. Look, it's, it's mine. So, yeah. Uh, she saw Mike and Trevor and think that, Hey, I finally found a few good men. I'm going to stick with these guys forever. And I'm like, Jenny, the word good is doing some heavy lifting. here. <laughs> <laughs> you found, you all found right. two men. All right. That's all. Mike goes on the date with Nikki and she's like, you know, flashing the cash and like paying for dinner. And she's like, Hey, I want you to take the LSATs for me. And Mike's like, Oh, that's why you snaked me from Jenny. Screw you. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot going on. Again, Trevor is trying to push Nikki toward uh toward Jenny. Uh, I'm sorry, toward Mike instead of Jenny. Uh, and then uh Jenny is asking, I'm sorry, Nikki is asking Mike to do this LSAT for her. And so this is seems like it's the origin story of Mike selling test scores, you know. Um, because we know that by the time we catch up with Mike, he's doing this, you know, pretty uh pretty often, you know, taking LSATs taking probably the bar exam for people. I don't know how often or what other tests he ends up taking for people. But this is where it starts. And Mike is so offended. He's like, you're using me. Mm -hmm. This is unethical. Oh, my God. I thought it was a little overreaction from Mike. Yeah. I think he was more offended. Tell your mom thanks for dinner. Right. Well, she only offered him $1,000. And I'm kind of like Mike, like, if I could get more than a thousand dollars for this, because it's a big deal, you know, you're not just like uh, taking a random test for somebody. You could go to jail for this. Uh, so I think that, yeah, she, <laughs> she, she definitely needs to come harder. But it also is just offensive to Mike because, yeah, he really thought that this girl liked him and he actually liked someone else, and he's missing out on his moment with the girl that he thought he liked. Uh, to be with this girl who just wants to use him for his services. Yeah, probably feels like a piece of meat. And he's going to go back then to her and meet her at her job and say, hey, I want $5,000. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah. So she's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, like, he get, she gives up very quickly. Uh, get the money or else. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. I mean, he makes he made some good points. She needs to go get the money. $5,000 is uh, 
A lot. But it's, I mean, $1,000 just wasn't enough to potentially go to jail for, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he's going to, uh, she didn't want ask him about, uh, you know, well, why do you, why do you need uh, that money? Yeah. It's like, uh, hold on, mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> what you worried about? But yeah. we saw that his granny, um, who we also get the five-year flashback of, mm-hmm. she fell down. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, she's like, oh, the floor was wet. There was no wet floor. Granny fell down. She's getting older. And so, you know, when we meet Mike, he's trying to just make sure that she's taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So Mike is going to go and take the LSATs for Nikki. We get his like uh, super villain origin story there where yeah. he's going to go take uh, the test for her. And he's also like so indignant. He's like, and, and she's like, you're high. He's like, yeah, I, I am. So what? Who cares? He's like, I, now I got to go like get questions wrong on purpose for your stupid LSATs. Yeah, take the test high, get high scores. I, I think it's a <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> I think it's tried and true methods. Yeah. All right. Uh, we get Rachel meeting Donna really uh, for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Donna's doing the I'm Donna. I know everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay. You know, and and that's the Donna that we love. We do not love the Donna that we've been seeing lately. You know, the Donna who just happens to be on the wrong side of things. She's uh, making some big mistakes, but this is early Donna. And so um, she knows everything there is to know about Rachel, who seems to be relatively new. Uh, Rachel is Robert Zane's daughter, and he is a name partner at Rand, Caldor, and Zane Law Firm. And so, uh, but she doesn't want people to know that. We know that Rachel does not like to live on her family's legacy, but this is the first we get to know about a little bit more about Rachel Zane's uh, lineage. You know, we know that she comes from money, Mm -hmm. but now we also know that her dad's a big time lawyer, which Probably makes it a lot more difficult that she cannot pass the LSAT. A lot of pressure for Rachel. All right. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get Daniel and Harvey and Jessica to talk again. And uh, things are going to come to a head. Um, Yeah. So this is when Donna realizes, oh, my God, wait a minute. Uh, Monica is busy every Tuesday. That's crazy. Because... um, because <laughs> Daniel Harvin has been busy on Tuesdays too, having lunch at the Harvard Club or taking Alicia to chemo, or which one is it? And mm-hmm. so because of that, Donna goes to Harvey like, ah, I know a thing. I know a thing. Uh, you should pay attention. And Harvey's like, I got it. So he pulls up on Daniel Harvin, and Daniel Harvin has a lady in his in his hotel room, Rob. He's um, yeah, he's got Monica in there. And so not only is he embezzling money, but he's also cheating. Yeah. And I mean, Daniel Harbin should not have opened the door probably. Right. No. Why, why did he open the door? You yeah. Know, it, this was an easy fix. You just mm-hmm. leave the door closed. Mm-hmm. And Monica's just walk, like just sauntering around like la 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 la. Yeah. Uh, this yeah, was ballsy I mean, uh, for Harvey just to like uh, storm in there. He hates Daniel Hartman already. Now, this is just an associate. Mm-hmm. And he already doesn't like Daniel Hartman. I, I could see why Daniel Hartman wouldn't like Harvey. <laughs> I think so, uh, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, I think at, at this point, this is what, like, really when it is, like, um, apparent what's about to happen, right? So, Daniel Hartman has been caught. He's been embezzling money. He's been cheating on his sick wife. And although that's not a crime, you know, infidelity, mm-hmm. uh, it does look really bad. <laughs> it does look really, really bad. And so Harvey's like, look, you might not care if people know about you cheating on your wife uh, with this woman who works here, but uh, your daughter would care. And so clean that up 
or or else. Matter of fact, there's nothing to clean up. You're about to vacate your spot and we're going to take over yeah. from here. Um, or I'm going to tell your daughter what's going on. Well, Harvey called uh, Daniel Hardman's wife to the hotel, right? And said, okay, either you're <laughs> going to sign this paper or then at the front desk, they're going to tell her to come up here. And Daniel Hardman's like, you dragged a sick woman with cancer to the, it's like a woman you're cheating on. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel, what did you think that was going to do? Like, how dare you bring this woman with cancer into, into my embezzling ways? Like, mm-hmm. sir, you're cheating on that lady. Mm-hmm. And you're using the money that you're embezzling to take your new girlfriend on trips and buy her earrings. Like, let's, Stop it, Daniel Hartman. Yeah. Stop It'd it. be one thing if he was like embezzling the money and it's like, hey, my look, my wife is dying. We need to like I need to give her all the trips that she never had. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> he made it sound like, okay, at best, he's embezzling the money for the chemo. That's yeah. not it. No, so he's embezzling money for trips. With his wife, no. <laughs> he's embezzling money for trips with a random other person that he works with. Yes, that is the one. He chose option C, which is the worst option. Um, and so this is bad. He basically has, he's lost. Um, he was so angry. This is when we find out that he throws his phone at Jessica's head. You know, he admitted mm-hmm. he kind of alluded that in a past episode. But they have him. They have him. There's nothing he can do because he doesn't want his daughter to know that um, that he was cheating on his wife in her dying days. He doesn't want the wife to spend her dying days knowing that he was cheating and embezzling money. Mm-hmm. And so he has no uh, other choice but to step down. Yeah. All right. And then the other things that happened in 2007 is that Harvey, uh, you know, gets told, all right, Daniel Hardman is going to be gone. And so that's uh, how we see that unfold. But also then Harvey's going to get the news that his dad had a heart attack and we see him look over at the records. Um, yeah, he just stares at the records and tries to fight back tears. Harvey does not like showing emotion, and so this is already hard for him. Uh, and, you know, Donna's the one who breaks it to him. Now, again, this is 2007, and so although we're seeing the, you know, the origin story of Harvey's, uh, you know, his lineage, uh, we're also seeing Donna and Harvey. And so we are led to believe that Donna could be in love with Harvey. Rob, do you think that this Donna is in love with Harvey? In 2007, was she, was she already in love with this man? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they've already had a long history together. So we this is not the beginning of the Donna and Harvey story. It's not. But this is where we see a lot of the seeds of what we see later on with Donna, right? Where she knows everything. She listens to his phone calls. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't he didn't even know at the time that she listened to his phone calls. She basically has the intercom on at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's learning that stuff. And Donna seems pretty... Uh, I'm sure of herself, I guess I would say. She's very confident in her role as Donna. I yeah. think she's more confident in her role as Donna in 2007 than she is yeah. when, we, when we meet her in the series proper. Maybe Pearson Hardman uh, beat her down a little bit. Maybe. You Lost know, the workforce that, that. that spark. Yeah. Yeah, capitalism yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then uh, Harvey got the news about his dad. Uh, we're going to see Jessica tell Monica that, um, you know, I just can't trust you. You have to go. I'm running yeah. things now. Monica's like, well, you can't fire me. I didn't do anything wrong. It's like, uh, you were having a relationship with your boss. Like, yeah, but I didn't do anything wrong. It's like, well... People might think you were because this man was embezzling money. And she's like, I didn't know that. It's like, really? You didn't think that some of that embezzled money could 
pay for your trip to France in those fancy earrings you got. She went to Mexico. She went to France. She went to Hong Kong. It's like you just spun a wheel and just started going to random places um, with his side chick. Uh, Daniel Hartman was out here living life, okay? Just, <laughs> just out here reckless. And so, yeah, Jessica says, it's time for you to go. And so it's funny that Monica Eaton is the name that's popped up in present day because here she is again in 2007 making things hard for them. Yeah. And, you know, uh, maybe this is a good time to bring in the stuff that's going on in the 2012 version of this where Mike is looking for her. Uh, we get that Lewis, we establish that Lewis is like following her around, that she goes to lunch. Lewis claims he goes to that lunch spot all the time. In 2012, present day, she still goes to that lunch spot. Lewis spots Mike Ross there with Monica. Daniel Hardman gets told by Lewis about how Mike Ross is having lunch with uh, Monica from the old days back in the office. And Jessica has to uh, really just go off on Mike of like, I know what you're doing, you little punk. You think you're trying to help me, <laughs> but as I do not want this, okay? Stop it. Stop investigating Daniel Hartman. He's a good guy, I promise. You hear that, Daniel Hartman? Mm -hmm. I'm not in on whatever this Mike Ross thing is, so help me God. You know, it's very much like, very performative, but it gets the job done. Um, they planted this interaction to make Lewis do exactly what he ends up going back to do. Mm-hmm, yeah. All right. Um, back in 2007, to close that out, we see Trevor and Mike. Trevor has got his giant bag of weed. He's like, look at my new job. Yeah. Like, Mike's making a lot of money as a Don't scammer. Don't tell Jenny. <laughs> yeah. And what, a week into Jenny's relationship with Trevor, he's already drug dealing. Mm -hmm. uh, but... Trevor was always a drug dealer. He's a drug dealer prior to look at look at this new bag of weed I got. Um, now he's whenever he's time. telling Mike, yeah, he was already telling Mike like I'm about to go to work. But Trevor had already started drug dealing. We find out there was never a job. <laughs> Trevor never had an actual uh, like day to day gig. It was always selling weed. And so yeah, all this stuff comes around full circle by the time we start the show. Mm hmm. Okay. So then, uh, also back in 2007, we're gonna see that. Harvey is going to be that junior partner uh, that he's going to take over Jessica's office. Yes. She's giving him the office as like a sign of good faith because she also is taking Daniel's office. So th she's basically marked Harvey as her number one. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping up, but you got to go through Harvey to get to me. And so uh, the dynamic duo is just that already. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Harvey and Donna are going to celebrate. Uh, she says, oh, finally, an office big enough for your balls. Yes. The Patrick Ewing ball, mm -hmm. the Jordan ball. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, a, he's got a couple balls in there and they're big balls. And so they need a lot of space. Okay. And so uh, they have to grab the can opener, Rob. It's and, time for the ritual. And we get another detail. Harvey says, I'll get the thumbtacks. The thumbtacks are part of the can opener ritual. Yes, and it wasn't just a couple of thumbtacks. It was three dozen. Three and that dozen. was the record. Three dozen. That was the record. No, they normally will use like two. Mm -hmm. They were stepping it up to three. Rob, what is what are we doing here? 
I don't know. I, I you know what my prediction is? We're never gonna we're never gonna find out. We're never they're never, never gonna tell us. There's, there's no I don't think that this is like a a thing that like the lost producers could have uh, taken away from this. There is not a satisfying answer to what the can opener and the thumbtacks are going to be. I don't I think we'll get more like clues, but it's just like one of those things where it, it's it's there is no answer to this question okay well i don't know uh thumbtack play is a is a thing robin so maybe it has something to do with that look i i think that maybe the answer is very satisfying and we just don't need to know what it is mm-hmm. but here we see another uh and i'm fine with we're not get- knowing I, at this point, Rob, I got to know. I got to know. Or at least I need more breadcrumbs. You know, like we got a can opener. We got thumbtacks. Is there other household items that we're bringing into this? Or is it going to get like, you know, a little bit more, uh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> wild, I guess I should say. I'm I'm dying to find out. Okay. So we go back to Harvey and Zoe. And uh, Harvey's talking to Zoe about how, yeah, it was Hardman uh, the whole time. And... Uh, we see that Zoe ends up leaving the firm after this. Um, wh- why did Zoe leave after this? She was just like so disgusted in Daniel Hardman. It, it feels like she was disgusted at Harvey and Jessica. She's like, yeah, I heard about what happened and I'm leaving. And Harvey's like, what? We won. I what? We I, Look what I did. And she's like, yeah, but it's awful that you did this. Do you know that like, your dad died and you have just thrown yourself into making this man's life hell into like winning a senior partner spot. Have you even just mourned your father's loss? And she's trying to give him his condolences. And he's like, but, but, I, but I'm, I'm junior partner. Look, look, look at what I did. So she's like, yeah, I'm just going to go. It's kind of weird. And mm-hmm. so I think that's really what makes her tap out. Yeah. The last couple things that we see is uh, Harvey in 2007. He does... Or I'm sorry, it's Harvey in present day. We see him go to his dad's grave. Gordon Spector, loving father, uh, has the whiskey shots that he puts uh, one uh, puts both of them on the grave and then does one. Yeah, and then, and that's it. I mean that uh, we end with seeing that you know it's been um, several years since Harvey's dad died, and so uh, we've been asking kind of uh, about how Harvey ended up like this. Who hurt you? I believe uh, Jessica's words to him and it might be some some parent issues you know um but he does go and he mourns you know in his own way and so that was pretty cool to see uh like humanizing harvey a little bit more mm-hmm. okay then we see one last thing in the present day harvey and jessica talking and uh harvey says i'm gonna get donna back like okay and then uh he wants to know, uh, did Mike suspect you were in on it, Jessica? He's like, no, he doesn't have mm-hmm. a clue. Nope. So Mike did exactly what he needed to do. He, he completely baited Lewis into this Monica Eden um, discovery. And yeah, this is going to be their first strike back at Daniel Hartman, who has been politically running circles around them. Uh, and so now that they're getting their groove back, the Travis Tanner case is off their back. Harvey's like, let me go get Donna as well. Rob, I don't really know the legal implications of having Donna back in the office, but it can't be. I mean, that, come on. Like, she very publicly destroyed some some records, right? Like, are we not, we're just not going to acknowledge that moving forward? I think we're not going to acknowledge it. I don't know if that came up in the, in the mock trial. Like, how many people know that she did actually 
destroy the uh, the evidence? I don't know. I felt like it was fairly obvious. You know, like she gets fired. Harvey's under, uh, and, and I know everybody knows Donna got fired because it's mm-hmm. Donna. She's so popular. So Harvey is under investigation. His legal secretary gets fired. Um, I mean, I guess the case was dropped. And so I guess it doesn't really matter. I guess it's a question of did she or did she not do it? I don't think it would ever came out cleanly that she, she did. did. Um, it's right. hard to imagine. Like I could see maybe Harvey and Jessica, but you make a good point about like the Daniel Hardmans and like the rest of the staff, like everybody else is cool with this. Yeah, it can't be anyway, but Harvey fought for Mike Ross, who has committed uh, crimes uh, that are probably a little bit worse than this. You know, he's still frauding everyone and pretending to be a lawyer. So if Jessica was able to let Harvey fight for um, for Don- uh, for Mike Ross, I guess he can fight for Donna as well. Mm-hmm. So we might have Donna coming back, Rob. Yeah. Okay. Chappelle, who gets a Liddy in this episode? Well, it's a flashback, right? So it's kind of like who gets the Liddy in two thousand five. I think I think you kind of have to give it to Harvey, right? This is where we see Harvey's Harvey's masterstroke, the getting Daniel Hardman out, uh, even though it was through nefarious means. Mm-hmm. This is how he ends up the junior partner and the Harvey that we know and love today. So uh, I I don't really see a world where he doesn't win it right now. Could I throw Jessica into the mix? Okay. I mean, Jessica does become a name partner and a managing partner of uh, the firm at this point. Uh, Harvey does what needs to be done for her. So, yeah, if we're looking at Harvey as like the Mike Ross in this situation and Jessica as the Harvey in a typical episode, then, yeah, we probably give this to, to Only Jessica because, instead. Yeah, Harvey's not even around in the events of the, the present day. You know, Harvey's off, you know, going to go visit his uh, dad. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe he did orchestrate this, but Jessica was the one who, like, in the present day had to, like, feign in, uh, like, indignant, uh, just (laughs) like, oh, my God, Mike, where do you get off? And Mm -hmm. she also then, back in 2007 of it all, like, uh, you know, she did, like, tried to do the right thing by Daniel Hardman, had to, like, make some uh, tough decisions. She had to go to Lewis and make sure it wasn't him. Yeah, she wins all around here. You know, they get Daniel Hartman out. And then, of course, in the present day, she strikes a good blow against Daniel Hartman, who, again, has been, uh, you know, running circles around her. And so, yeah, I'm good with giving it to Jessica. I think this was a good episode for her. Okay. Uh, we talked about Ferris Bueller. We talked about uh, a few good men. Any other notable references? I think someone mentioned Batman once. Mm-hmm. Anytime someone mentioned Batman, I'm kind of tapped in. MySpace uh, uh, came up. MySpace. Yeah, that football. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. A few references. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I got some feedback here. We didn't get a ton of feedback about this episode. Of course, you can leave us uh, questions uh, when you go to suitspodcast.com slash feedback. Uh, David Schwartz wants to know, did you like the flashback episode uh, or do you like filling in the blanks yourself? I felt like it was a filler episode that was mostly unnecessary, but seeing Lewis embraces was great. Yeah, yeah. This was a filler episode for the most part. I, I mean, the only thing we saw is that we learned that Lewis had was uh, set up, you know, to be the patsy for um, for Daniel Hardman, and that we know that Lewis does not know that in present day because we, I mean, he's never mentioned it, you know, and he's been kind of willing and dealing with Daniel Hardman, so I assume that never came out. Um, but aside from that, 
it was a filler. You know, they just gave us some backstory that they could have given us in any timeline. But I think that the use of them going back and showing us the baby versions of these people was kind of fun. You know, like we're kind of living in that time, mm-hmm. uh, time uh, jump right now. Anyway, we're talking about a show that was very popular five or six years ago. Yeah. And then, and then we're talking about five, six years prior to those events now. So yeah, this was a good one. Maybe am I in the minority? I really like this episode. I I feel like that the last couple of episodes of Suits have been so great. I've been so yeah. happy. Yeah, I think this is a good storyline. I think the Daniel Hartman storyline is really driving a lot of the drama here, mm-hmm. and I think this is when the the internal intrigue, right, in the office is it's really fun to watch. I think you compared it to Succession a little bit. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, I think it's very much like a game of Game of Thrones, even in the way they're trying to move politically throughout the office. And so that's the cool stuff about Suits that I like as well. Uh, I agree. I, I think these last three episodes have been great. So if we have season rankings here as uh, we get through episode number eight, we're halfway through. I, I feel like that season two is uh, already better than season one. Yeah, of course. I I think it should be, though. I think that, you know, season one is a lot of world building, right? You're just laying the foundation for what these people are, who they, what their superpowers are, what kind of people they are. But season two is when we're getting into some nitty and some gritty. (laughs) All right. So we will come back and kick off the second half of season two with our recap tomorrow. Anything else, Chappelle, that you want to get out there? Nope. Tweet us at SuitsPod and let us know uh, what you thought about this episode. And then uh, we'll be tweeting out more of the links to the podcast. We'll be tweeting out more polls and we'll be getting your feedback as much as we can. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you leave us your feedback and your star ratings at SuitsPodcast.com and jump over and join the firm in our Facebook group. Go to SuitsPodcast.com slash Facebook. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.